you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to John, the ninth chapter. And I will begin reading with verse number 19 of John, chapter 9. Thank you for being here this morning. We have a host of guests with us. We're glad you're with us this morning. God bless you. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord. I pray that the Word of God will speak to you this morning. John, chapter 9. And verse number 19. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say were born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we, we don't know. Or who hath opened his eyes? We know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out the synagogue. Therefore his parents, therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. By the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach to you from this passage an encounter with Jesus, an encounter with Jesus. Would you just with me pray right now and ask God to meet us in this room right now. Father, we come today asking for your presence and your power and your spirit to be manifest in this room. Lord, leave no stone unturned this morning. Let every person in this room encounter your presence today.
meet with us today, Lord. Allow your presence and power to flow freely in this house. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated today. I want to begin by mentioning some of the basic identifying marks, I think, of this church. I believe we should be proud of who we are in God. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. So I'm thankful to be part of a Bible-believing church. We are Christian life church. We are Christian in faith. And we are apostolic in doctrine, meaning we believe the apostles' doctrine as written in the Word of God. And we are Pentecostal by experience, meaning that we believe in a modern day outpouring of God's presence just like Cain in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit fell in that room and 120 were filled. When you encounter Jesus, it is a memorable experience. I, I can go back to the place where I was when I first encountered Jesus. I can go to the place where my sins were washed away. I can go back to that place where he filled me and that experience just like they received in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. Just the same way that they received the Holy Spirit. I received the Holy Spirit and I can take you to the place. I, I can take you to the date, to the time. I can tell you who was preaching. I can even tell you who was praying around me at the front of the church that day when God filled me with the presence of the Holy Ghost. It's a wonderful experience. And you know it's hard to argue with experience. Now I want to just get the elephant in the room out in the open today and that is that Pentecost is more than a denomination. As a matter of fact, it's not a denomination at all. It is an experience associated with an encounter with Jesus. The word Pentecost has its roots in a Greek word signifying the 50th day or of the 50th part of anything. Uh, among the Jews, it was applied to one of their great feasts, which began on the 50th day after the celebration of the Passover. It was also a harvest festival and was accordingly called the Feast of Harvest. For this reason, two loaves made of new meal were offered on this occasion as a first fruit unto the Lord. It was the first fruit of their harvest. There were a lot of festivals that took place at the Feast of Pentecost. There, there was a reason to celebrate because God had delivered the people out of the bondage of Egypt. 
and had supplied their need and had kept his word and had given them and every promise that he had spoken to them, he had provided for them. And so there was a reason for them to celebrate. I don't have time this morning to draw all of the scriptural parallels here as the people in Egypt were set free from the captivity and the bondage and slavery to that life. Yet we too are set free from the bondage and slavery of sin. I wish I had time to preach all of the parallels today of how it comes into our life, but there is something that one must consider about Pentecost. Up to that point, the Feast of Pentecost lacked any eternal significance. It was a time of celebration. It was a time to rejoice about what God had done in times past. But this feast had become more of a ritual to Israel. They celebrated because that time and that day was designed for celebration. But when they left the celebration of Pentecost, they went back to their homes and to their uh, areas of, of, of residence and they went back to their same old life. They went back to the same old problems, to the same struggles, to the same grief and sorrow and pain. But that particular year that the scripture is speaking of, as they gathered for the feast, the mood was quite different in Jerusalem. Maybe it was because just a few weeks before Jesus had been crucified and there were claims that he had resurrected from the grave. Those who were buying into the story claiming that they saw Jesus in the streets uh, only a few days before and now a few days later, they're claiming that they saw him personally ascend up into heaven. And the, the, those who were hearing the story and buying the story uh, were, were amazed to, to top all of this off. There was talk about the final words that Jesus spoke before he ascended or as he was ascending up into heaven. Uh, he, he was telling them that there was a promise that would come to all of them that would believe. Now, on that day in the book of Acts, there was a meeting going on in town and there was about 120 who believed uh, him and were gathered there in that small upstairs apartment building in the middle of the city of Jerusalem. They had a prayer meeting going on. It was the talk of town. The Bible says that it was noised abroad meaning the rumor mill was running. People were talking about it. They were hearing about it. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ had changed the conversation of the, the, the Feast of Pentecost because now as they approached the final day of this, of this feast and everybody was about to go home, it was the final day of celebration. They saved the best to last. It was the the it, it was when everybody got together and and everybody was celebrating and the festival was at its very highest point. On the final day of the feast, something happened that had never happened before. Because Pentecost was about to become more than just a feast day. Pentecost was about to become 
a powerful day of experience, a day of apostolic encounter. For many, Pentecost was about to become a day of great change in their life. The Bible said in the book of Acts, the second chapter, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all of the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all, all, all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, up to this point, Pentecost was just a celebration with no eternal significance. It was just a feast day. But now, on this final day of the feast, in this prayer room that is happening in an upstairs apartment building downtown Jerusalem, now everything begins to change because now Pentecost ushered in the power to change a life. Lives were literally transformed by this new encounter. This new experience of the Holy Spirit outpouring was happening on that day of Pentecost. And people began to question and begin to say, what must we do? Because we weren't here. We weren't there at the initial outpouring. So what must we do? And in the 14th verse, Peter standing up with the 11 lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem. Be this known unto you and hearken unto my words, for these are not drunk as ye had supposed, seeing it was but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken. It was prophesied by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's me and you. See, it didn't end with the day of Pentecost. If somebody tries to tell you the outpouring of the Holy Ghost was only for the book of Acts or for the church on that day or the church in that season, I come today to tell you they are mighty, mighty wrong. Verse 37 said, Now when they heard this, they're pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter stands and up told them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and then verse 39 came all the way to this generation. He said, for the promise. For the promise of the same encounter with Jesus. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. For our 25th wedding anniversary, my wife and I were blessed to be able to go to Los Angeles, California, where our son and daughter-in-law are ministering today. And Annette and I were able to visit Azusa Street. And Gentry said, Dad, I hope that while I'm there, I have an opportunity to go and visit Azusa Street. And, and I had to describe the, the, the setting to him. And I said, it's, it's very disappointing, son. Uh, uh, the only thing we found when we got there uh, in, in this, this renowned place where uh, the early 19th century outpouring and a great revival that sprang forth there, it was rather disappointing because 
all that is there is a sign. And it's a street sign that said this is the location where the modern day Pentecostal movement was birthed and spread all around the world. Sadly, sadly, this reminds me of a lot of churches today. They only have a sign, but they don't any longer have an experience. They no longer have an encounter with Jesus. They have a sign that says they're a church, but when you enter the building, there's no presence in the building. There's no opportunity to encounter in the building. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost in the room this morning. I want you to know Christian Life Church is a place where we come to encounter Jesus. This isn't a place of cold dead, dry religion. We're more than a sign on a street corner that said Christian Life Church, but we're a place where you can encounter the Jesus of the Holy Word. We're a place where you can encounter His presence. We're a place where you can come and feel the presence of the Almighty God and you can encounter Him and know Him. This is no time for the church to step back from this Pentecostal experience. Somebody said, I don't want to be a denomination, neither do I. But if a denomination loses their encounter with Jesus, they've lost everything. They're just another club. They're just another gathering. But I refuse to allow that Pentecostal experience. I know that I know that I know. How do you know that you have been born again? I've had a lot of people tell me I'm saved, and I know I, how do you know? Well, I just know. Well, how do you know that you're saved? The Scripture said that they knew that they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and glorify the Father which is in heaven. They heard them. They heard them. There was an utterance. There was a speaking. I know the enemy doesn't want me preaching this this morning, but I'm going to preach it like I feel it in my spirit because there may be somebody in this room today that has never encountered Jesus in the way to where he did more than was just around you, but he came in you, Christ in me. You know what's going to get you out of here on that resurrection? Day, it's Christ in us. It's Christ in me, my hope of glory. It's what's inside me that's going to get me out of here. I come this morning to tell you, you can do more than just feel his presence, but you can have him living in you. And you'll know he's living within you because you will have an encounter when you repent of your sins and go down in a watery grave of baptism. There is a promise that the book of Acts declares is to you and your children and to them that are far off. As many as the Lord our God shall call. We must not be ashamed of our encounter with Jesus. The angels desire to look into this precious gift. It's time for the church to become more on fire and more passionate about this. If you're here this morning and you've never experienced it, I'm just going to tell you now, at the conclusion of this service, I'm going to bring the music back to this platform and we're going to give an altar call. That's an opportunity for you to come forward and I'm going to pray that God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you've never... If, whoo, 
If you've never experienced it for yourself, I want you to know it is the hope of eternal life. It is the hope that will get you out of this world. It is the hope that will get you from where you are to where you need to get to. It is the Holy Ghost. We used to sing it's the Holy Ghost in fire. And it's keeping me alive. Gone are the days of meaningless religious ritualism. Gone are the days of church as usual. We don't need more religious formalism. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to transform individual lives. You want to know what people need today? It's not more psychology. It's not more self-help. I tell you what we need today. We need an encounter with Jesus that changes our life. We need an encounter that will turn your life around. You struggle with something today, get an encounter with Jesus. Have another encounter with Jesus. He'll pick you up and turn your life around. There's nothing like the power of an encounter with the Holy Ghost. I've seen people vexed with evil spirits set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. I witnessed a man that could not hear and could not see completely healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I witnessed a lady that's in this room this morning lay on the floor with two RNs and paramedics gathered around that could not find a heartbeat or a breath for several minutes, raised by the power that I'm preaching about. It's that same power that can break the yoke of the addiction in your life. It can break the yoke of bondage of sin. It can break the yoke of depression and anxiety and suicide. It'll break the yoke that's holding you. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like it. It'll make you put down a pill bottle and put on some praise. Days of miracles are not over. In our text, the young man had been blind since his birth, was healed by the power of God. Of course, the religious people began to doubt. Others said Jesus was full of a devil, healed him by the power of Satan. When he was called in for questioning, the young man just said, ha ha. I don't really have an answer to your questions. Whether he's a sinner or no, I'm not going to answer that. But this much I know. I once was blind. But now. But now I see. I don't have an answer for every problem you have, but this much I know. I one time was blind, but now I see his amazing grace and his mercy reached to where I was and brought me out. And the same grace and mercy is reaching for you today. And he wants to bring you out. You can have an encounter with Jesus that will change your future. I'm off my notes this morning, but I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost just just impressed upon me. Even 
God himself cannot change your past. Your history is what it is. Even God himself can't change your past. But if you will repent of your sins and go down in water baptism in the name of Jesus, God can change your future. There's, you can either, you got a choice. Either you can sit and mumble and grumble about everything you've been through and why you ended up where you are and how you got to where you are and you will, you will spend the rest of your life if you choose to go that route. Or today you can say, even God can't change my past, but I can change my future right now and into the future. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a few minutes to encounter Jesus. And if you'll make up in your mind, you'll walk out of here walking in depressed, living and out victorious. That's what happens when you have an encounter with Jesus. It's an experience like no other. I feel like God has commissioned me to come this morning. I felt so strongly in my spirit. I come more as an evangelist than a pastor today. I come this morning feeling very strongly that I want you to know that God has commissioned me to come and tell somebody. Some of you, I may be able to walk out to where you are and tap you on the shoulder this morning, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want to embarrass you. But I feel such an unction of the Spirit this morning. But I know that God sent me here to speak a specific word to certain people that are in this room today and to tell you the burden that you carry, the load and the weight of the world that rests upon your shoulders is because you are not having encounters with Jesus you're encountering everything else except going to the source of your strength because he is the source of our strength I want you to know today that God's got the power to set somebody free God's got the power to bless you in ways that you never thought possible. He's got the power to refresh somebody. Maybe somebody has received what I'm talking about. Maybe you've been born again of the water and the Spirit, but maybe it's been a long time since you have had a refreshing. The Scripture said times of refreshing shall come, but it doesn't come in the presence of the world. It comes in the presence of the Lord. That's what the Bible said. you got to get in the presence of the Lord because there will be times of refreshing that's going to come. Come on, CLC. Some of you need a refreshing today. Somebody came and needs a renewal today. Maybe you're not bound in sin and in the bondage of all of the cares of this world, but he will refresh you and restore you and renew you. Maybe somebody came in with sickness in their body. He will heal you by the power. His spirit. You've been living in spiritual poverty. Maybe you're bankrupt, overdrawn. This is the day for you. Maybe it's been dark in your world. Maybe it's been weeks, months, even years of turmoil and pain and heartache and trouble. But God sent a messenger to you today to tell you you've got to make up your mind to get up out of your situation. You're never going to be able to do it on your own. You're going to have to trust in an encounter with Jesus. Because when you encounter Jesus, everything else is going to be all right. You got to get up out of your trouble today. You got to get up out of that fear that's holding you today. God wants to give you overcoming power.
power. God wants to refresh, renew, and restore you today. He wants to empower you with some power that will help you be able to live in this world but live above the things that have been weighting you down and tearing you down and holding you down. You need to get ready for it because in just a few moments, God is about to get ready to pour out his presence in this room. And there's going to be some people, it's been a long time since you have spoken with other tongues, but there is going to be a wave of the Holy Ghost that's going to sweep into this room and is going to fill you and is going to empower you and is going to give you exactly what you need today. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Somebody stand to your feet with me today and just shout this with me. Help's on the way. Help's on the way. You know why help's on the way? Because you're on the way. Because help is already here. Jesus is already here. You can encounter him this morning. In Mark, the fifth chapter, the Bible tells us about a lady who had an issue of blood. An issue of blood for 12 long years. Not only was she suffering from an awful disease, but the Bible said she suffered many things by many physicians. Her, her problem got worse. She was suffering just when she thought she found something that would work. It, it didn't work. She's broke. She's destitute. When she heard about Jesus, something awoke inside her and she knew it was a moment. She knew she had tried it all and she, her situation continued to get worse. But she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, she knew that if she could encounter him, that she could be made whole. I haven't preached a fancy message to you today on purpose because it's through the simplicity of the preaching of the gospel that lives are changed. Maybe you've tried it all, but life just keeps getting worse. Maybe, maybe you've struggled through Things just seem to continue to get worse and worse and worse. And I know it's easy for you to come to church and go through the motion, and it's just a ritual. And I just came today. Maybe you came by an invitation. Maybe you just felt like I just, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to come today, and so I'm here. But I don't believe it's by accident that anybody is in this room today. I believe God ordained it for every person in this room. And I believe God wants to pour out his presence upon you today. Somebody may not feel like this message is for you, but there's some that know I've been preaching straight to your heart today. It's been a pipeline from the throne room of God straight into your spirit today because he's saying to you, I want to help you. I've got hope for you. All you got to do is just step out on faith and have an encounter with Jesus and everything is going to change in your life. It's an experience that will set you free. It's an experience that will turn your life around. If you need a fresh encounter with Jesus today, if you need to experience the power of the Holy Ghost afresh and new in your life, I want you just, just to surrender everything to Him. 
right now, right where you are. Why don't you just close your eyes right where you are all over this room today. The power of the Holy Ghost is in this house right now. Why don't you lift both hands and just start surrendering unto the Lord right where you are. Begin to confess unto Him right where you are. I need to encounter you, Jesus. I need an encounter with, I need an encounter with this presence, with this Holy Ghost that the preacher preached about today. Come on, go ahead. Confess it to Him today. Confess your faults to Him today. Come on, talk to the Lord right now. Now, without hesitation, some of you need to just step into the aisle. Don't worry about who's coming with you. Just step into the aisle and come join these that are already in the front of the room today and walk down here and say, I'm coming because I've got to encounter him. I've got to encounter him. I've got to encounter him. I have to encounter him. Come on, there's room for you today. The Word of God did not go out void this morning. Step from where you are. Come encounter Him today. Make it personal. It's not about your neighbor. It's not about your friend. Come encounter Jesus this morning. Ministers and elders, help me today. Why don't you just step in, step in today to what God is wanting to do. We need your presence. We need your presence, oh God. Your will be done here as in Come on, church, create an atmosphere. The presence of God is here this morning. His presence is here. He's meeting with people in the room today. He wants to strengthen folks today. Come on, encounter Jesus this morning. Don't put it off. 